Welcome to Read My Lips Radio, a lively hour of unscripted conversations with savvy creatives. Producer and host, a.k.a. Radio Red, asks novelists, artists, photographers, designers, comedians, actors, musicians, composers, screenwriters, directors, and technology innovators about their creative passion, inspirational muses, and how they create. Ooh, how those lips can talk. Now, here's AKA Radio Red. Radio Red in the house. Hard to believe we're almost at the end of May 2022. Happy to be here. I just got through a tornado watch here in Durham, North Carolina. It was a little iffy, but we made it through about 20 minutes. Nothing really critical, but a lot of rain and a lot of noise. So I'm happy to be here, and I have three very interesting creators with me today. But before we get started, you all know what I'm going to do. By the way, guests, wave hello to Facebook, please. I can see you all. You all look wonderful. Hello, hello, hello. Rick, I want your hat after the show. I'm going to borrow your hat. That's it. I love hats and all my hats. I still have my hats from college and my Paris trip. They're in the closet. I should have brought a hat if I'd have known you were going to wear yours. Everybody, I want you to do me the favor. On the count of three, join me as not loud as you can, but kind of medium loud. We're going to say hello, L, L, L. So here we go. One, two, three. Hello, L, L, L. That was one of the best. Josh, I say that every week, but I think these three really, they won the prize. Well, LLL will let me know. LLL is lovely, lanky Laura Legs, our most loyal listener, and she's in Whitestone, New York, and I've been taking up a fictitious GoFundMe for about four years trying to move her to London. So it'd be lovely, lanky Laura Legs, our most loyal listener in London. Uh, and we still haven't raised enough money because it's not real. But I might do some crypto and get her moved there. Laura, I'll talk to you afterwards. I'm getting into NFTs for my artwork, so maybe we'll get some Ethereum and get get you going to London. Today is May 23rd, the 133rd day of the year. Shout out to Greg Gregory Gregorium, whatever your mommy called you, because we still use your calendar and we thank you so very much. It's the 21st Monday in the year. I'm the only one who cares about that. 222 days left in the year if you're planning to do something spectacular at New Year's Eve for 2023. Start mixing the brew out the back of the barn or the Kahlua in the sink in the garage or start buying something you want to reserve for a special New Year's Eve because we're hoping this New Year's Eve will be so much more celebratory for all the right reasons than the last two were. Isn't that true? Sign of the Zodiac, we're in Taurus, May 20th through June 19th, so we're still there. And the compatible signs are Pisces, Cancer, Virgo, and Capricorn, if that means anything to all of you. I'm going to tell you who my three special guests are, just with a brief one or two sentences, and then I want you each to wave hello to Facebook and and then I'm going to ask you to embellish on the bio. So first up, we have Rick Blyweiss. Rick is a publishing executive, former rock and roll performer. I hope he's going to sing something for us. He's former executive at, listen to this, BMG Music, Island Records, and Arista Records. He's a Grammy-nominated Grammy record producer and author of the novel, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, Pignon, Scorpion, and the Barbershop Detectives, and a shout-out to PR agent Liz Kelly, who has been a guest on the show, for introducing us to Rick. So, Rick, say hello. Wave hi. Hi. There you are. Nice to see you. Love that hat. Got to have one. <laughs> now we have Anne Namark is with us. Anne is a spiritual psychotherapist. She's a massage therapist. In any, I don't know what exact order is. She'll tell us later. She's an RN. She's a writer for Your Tango and Health and Fitness Magazine, and she is the author of the upcoming book, A Touch of Light, 
my adventure with Source with tips to enhance your own. It sounds wonderful, and Can't wait for you to tell us about it. So wave hello. There's Ann Namark. And then we have Rob Kinnair, and I had to do my homework. Rob taught me how to pronounce his name. It's K-N-O-E-R-R, but it's Kinnair. I have it spelled phonetically in my notes. Rob Kinnair is a dentist. He's a certified John Maxwell team leadership coach. He's the founder, I love this, of Be the Hope Foundation all one word, capital B for B, capital T for the, capital H for hope. And that's creative, Rod. I appreciate how you did that. And he's the author of the book, Don't Waste This Storm. If you're watching us on Facebook, you can see just to Rod's left side is a copy of the cover of the book. And it's recounting the last three years of his 40-year marriage to his wife, who struggled with terminal cancer. And it's a serious topic, but we're going to talk about your creativity, Rod, along with everybody else's and how you got through it and and what you're sharing in the book. Okay. So my special guests today are here for the topic of bring on the creativity. I have to come up with a new title every week, guys, and this is the best I could do. I'm running out of creative titles. So there. Um, I just want to share a little bit of of an article from last year in the Washington Post. Listen to this. There's an article that said creativity may be the key to healthy aging. I really like that. Uh, Author and Georgetown University psychiatrist Norman Rosenthal defines being creative as having the ability to make unexpected connections, either to see commonplace things in a new way or unusual things that escape the attention of others and realize their importance. And then there's a note here that's very interesting from James Kaufman, who teaches Introductory to Creativity at the University of Connecticut. I'm saying this to my guests. When we were in college, would they ever have had a course called the Introduction to Creativity? Seriously, Rick, you think? Rod? Not. And no, I doubt it. No. It was psychology. It was math. It was mm-hmm. English. It was science. It was ill. Nobody would have done this in basket weaving. Well, I'm hearing they do it in, in Florida at the university, not, not where I went to school. So anyway, he said, creativity can be cultivated by following passions old and new. But here's the key sentence from Kaufman. He says, try not to compare yourself to genius creators or be so focused on the outcome that the process stops being fun. Isn't that interesting that the process stops being fun? So we're supposed to have fun with our creativity. We're going to leave it there. So let's go around the table. I'm going to put you each on speaker view. I'm so happy the three of you are here. I really appreciate it. And they're all on time, which is really great. And on the count of three, before Rick introduces himself, I want you to all say thank you to Josh, my engineer. One, two, three. Thanks, Thanks, Josh. Josh, my engineer. There you go. He's a one-name wonder. I'm not allowed to use his last name. I don't even think I know it. Rick Blyway, so happy to have you. Shout out again to Liz Kelly, who introduced you to me at the National Publicity Summit via Liz. And she said, oh, I got a guy for your show. And here's Rick. <laughs> she didn't tell me about the hat. I'm still obsessing over your hat. Rick, I'm putting you on speaker view for the audience on Facebook. Would you please tell us more about who you are, what you do, and what does creativity mean to you? Rick, welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. Uh, uh, creativity is something that's just been a part of me my entire life. It was uh, bred into me by my parents, who were very creative. And I, uh, I've just always been creative. I started playing the guitar when I was seven years old. I started writing songs when I was 11. I wrote a newspaper when I was 12. I wrote a play when I was 15. I went to film school and wrote uh, scripts for my student films. Then I wrote newspaper and magazine columns. I wrote a science fiction rock opera. Um, All of this, while I was also either playing in bands or later an executive in uh, record companies. 
So I kind of have a, a good left brain, right brain mix. Because to me, part of creativity is also I'm very creative as a marketer, not just as a writer, uh, if you will. And I've always engaged in creative marketing. So I kind of look at that I'm fortunate that I can do business and I can do creative and I can blend them together. Uh, then I retired after about 40 years in the music industry and I got bored out of my mind. I joined a writing group and um, I started writing fiction. And at the same time, I came out of retirement uh, because I got offered a job by a publishing company, Blackstone Publishing. And for the last 15 or so years, I've been heading business development for them and signing authors. And then I wrote the Pinon Scorby and the Barbershop Detectives after two failed novels that are never going to see the light of day. But that's part of the process. You know, if you're a creator, you have to live with rejection because everybody gets it. Um, and now my first book is published when I'm 77 years old and I couldn't be happier. Does and that we, kind of sum it up? That's wonderful. And we couldn't be happier either. I have a question for you. How do you gauge failed book? Is it because you couldn't get a traditional publisher? Did you try to self-publish? I'm just interested a little bit. Rick, can you fill that uh, in, please? Yeah, I can. Actually, I didn't self-publish any of them. I did self-publish mm -hmm. another book under a, a pseudonym. So I, I am familiar with the self-publishing and I've done it. Uh, but you no, know, these were failed because I did bring them to agents and I did not get a spectacular response to them. So what I did is I went back and I reread them and I kind of understood why. And <laughs> so it comes with the creative process. Some are going to be good and not everyone is going to be, but that's what you do. And that's kind of part of my advice to other writers, along with the have fun part, is keep writing because if yep. the first few things fail, you're going to hit one eventually, hopefully. I'm still writing my first novel, which will be a novella, and it's going to be about 25,000 words. I had a young lady on the show a couple of weeks ago, I'm telling all, all of my guests and my audience, and she just published her first novel. It's a mystery thriller, very strong language, if you will, very adult. It was only... 499 pages. And I asked her how she did it. She writes six to eight hours. I know, Anne, six to eight hours a day. And she's already got book number two and number three ready to publish this year. And they're topping about 600 pages. Wow. I could not even imagine yeah. crafting a story that in depth with that many characters and that long. I, I couldn't, I'm, I'm having a blast with mine, but I, I write it an hour here, an hour there, one evening a week, whenever I feel, it's like a little hobby. Oh, I think I'll make a candle today. Yeah, I'll get a jar, I'll pour some wax. I don't think I'll write my book today. I, I'm not a serious writer because I do other things. Anyway, thank you, Rick. Very interesting, um, very prolific career. I love that you were writing newspapers and newsletters at 10 and 12. I think that's where it starts. And you know, we talk often about the school system, especially in the United States, squashes creativity. Mm -hmm. It kills that, I want to paint outside the lines. No, you don't, Billy. We're sending a note home to your mother. I got a note that my daughter was drawing outside the lines when she was five. And <laughs> they want to send her for remedial drawing. She ended up becoming a brilliant doctor, an MD, 
okay, for 25 years. She illustrated every biology notebook she had. She started painting full-size, not wall-size, but large acrylic paintings for me that are still framed in my home when she was 13 years old. Brilliant artist, brilliant, brilliant physician, brilliant mind. But I was told when she was five or six in, in first grade or kindergarten, she was drawing outside the lines and she needed help. Let's not even go there anymore. Let's banish those right. teachers. They need help. There we go. Let's go to Ann Namark. Ann, Rick, you inspired me. I'm off and rolling. Ann, welcome. So happy to have I told you it's a party. This isn't it. It's a party. Ann Namark, please tell us who you are a little bit more than I read. We'd love to hear. And I'm putting you on speaker view. Beautiful Ann, go ahead. Thank you so much. Love being here with you. You're so much fun. Thank you. So, Yeah. So I've been a spiritual psychotherapist for 30 years. I was an RN and I got bored. And so I'll just tell a little bit about my, (laughs) I did, I got bored because it seemed like a formula to me in terms of creativity. I couldn't, I couldn't feel like I could do my own thing. So in that time I was a meditator and I had this, this question in my brain. Well, you know, how, what else could I do? And then that week, five days, three separate people said to me, oh, I think you'd be a good counselor. I said, oh, yeah. And then that same week, I saw an ad in a little paper that was an orientation for a, a master's program. And I thought, well, I'll go. And it was that Saturday. I went. I said, well, that sounds good. I think I'll sign up. So I signed up. And that started this journey that I've been on for 30 some years. Um, Before that, I was a massage therapist, but it was all, all this, all this stuff for me and creativity has been around integration of a human, of your person. And it's about body, mind, spirit, emotion. Like people mostly think we're, we're our brains, but very early on, I had this sense that, no, we're, we're a lot more than that. And how do we all work as a unit? How do we work in ourselves as a unit? So that's part of my creativity in my, my work with clients. And then I was, um, my parents were atheists. And at 15 years old, I thought, hmm, I wonder if that's really true. And so my spiritual journey started when I was in my 20s, and I explored all kinds of stuff many, many disciplines. And I just took from different ones what felt right to me. And that was part of my creativity. So now in terms of creativity, uh, it's kind of like you read, I kind of do my life that way. Like I go with the flow. Like, what do I feel like right now? Oh, same thing with the writing. I can't imagine sitting for eight hours a day. That isn't me. But for an hour, yeah, I can do that. Maybe even two. But then it's like, no, I want to go work in my garden. Oh, okay. So to me, the creative has a lot to do with you being in touch with yourself. Thank you. And I picked up a little bit of a theme between you and Rick. I don't know if this is something Rod's going to talk about. Rod, no, no hint here. I'm not pulling a thread through. But you both said, but I was bored. Right? You both said, but I was bored. And I fight that all the time. As busy I am with my business radio shows and I'm an artist and I'm creating NFTs and I'm, I bought a headset. I'm in VR, VR right now. I'm exploring the world of Quest 2 online, which is a little bit scary. You got to be careful if you get dizzy and like, what? Where's the real world? I don't know where the boundaries are. It's interesting. But there's still times when I feel bored and I want to do more creative stuff. 
So I, I read it resonates with me what both of you said, and that might be a key to creativity is if you're bored, for goodness <laughs> sake, just get creative. Thank you, Anne. Pleasure to have you on. Rod Kinnear, delighted to have you. I know you have a very serious topic, but we'd love to get to know, and we'd love to get to know you, not but. Rod, I'm putting you on speaker view. Welcome. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Well, as I listen to these two, great. Can't wait to hear more of you in the next hour. Um, I think about what creativity means to me. It's, you know, how you live life. And I, I think uh, I go back to when I was in high school. I'm going to take us back there because I didn't fit in any molds. I was captain of the wrestling team. I was one of the best students academically. So I got made fun of on the wrestling team and I was in the marching band. So I was like all over, you know, and, and it didn't make sense. Well, so my senior year, I get a civic award. It was the Civitan Club back then. And they, um, their um, focus, the, the term back then was the mentally retarded, you know, and they had the Special Olympics they'd help at. So I'm helping at the Special Olympics, you know, Joe Jock, Joe, everything, top of my class. And I'm at the finish line of the 100-yard dash, just dated myself, 100-yard dash, not meter. And the gun goes off. And these kids start running, if you want to call it running. And a Down syndrome young man was in the lead, way in the lead. And he's about two-thirds away the finish line. He looks back. And a young lady had fallen down. He went back. They didn't finish first. He helps her across the finish line. I catch him in my arms with tears running down my face. At the time, I don't think I totally knew it. But when I look back, that defined my life. I may not always finish first, but I'm going to help as many people get to the finish line as I can with the gifts I've been given. And so, yeah, so when you say you were bored, I, I was going to go into psychology or something. And then I met my wife. She was a pretty dental hygiene student. And I became a dentist. And you, people already say, dentist, creative, what's that? I don't fit the mold of dentist because I found out that humor alleviates apprehension. And as you relate, and uh, I didn't put that as one of my statements that I live by, but the statement I live by is you may love me or you may hate me, but you'll never forget me. <laughs> and, you know, and the, as older I get, the majority love me and you're, you know, but you're never going to bet a thousand. But so you t I took that in my professional life and people don't expect that this dentist wants to connect with you relationally. Then I left dentistry. Something didn't fit. For 10 years, I was involved with not-for-profit, and I just, there was a void. And I did come back to it 20 years ago, but I've, I've always been about helping people realize their potential. And um, back in 2016, I got something on email about the John Maxwell team and leadership coaches and speakers. I get certified in Orlando. We come back. My wife has a weird blood test, and she's diagnosed with terminal cancer. So I, the creativity then uh, is the, the book. We lived life to the fullest. We were on humanitarian mission trips in Eastern Europe. We just kept living life. But the creativity was what I brought. And that's what's in the book that, that just allowed her to not give up because she wanted to just make videos. We have a lot of grandchildren for all the videos. And I said, when you start preparing to die, you're going to quit living. Her life, it's in the book. And here's the other thing. I creatively, I wrote a book. My kids said, you're not going to write a book. Everybody I talked to, so they can't put it down. They can't go reading it. My oldest son, who's not a reader, he stayed up till four in the morning to finish it. It was like, 
but now I want a screenplay. And Beth, the Be the Hope, my wife's name was Beth. I just saw that right after she was given three months to live. And we had bought a, an abandoned Girl Scout camp across the road from us. That's what you do when your wife's given 18 to 24 months to live. And it's, it's ready to be opened, to be used for, for the community, for cancer centers. I don't know what, but it's going to be called Be the Hope Retreat. So yeah, I've talked way too much. But yeah, that's creativity to me, is being creative in how you serve others. You have not talked too much. You have told us so much about okay. you, about your passion. Thank you. I'm still processing. You were in the marching band, the wrestling club, and you were working on the Special Olympics. You were a jock. You were at the top of your class. That's quite a different, that's quite a mix where you were interfacing with different segments yeah. of your, your student population. And I'm sure they said, well, what is he? We, people make movies about people like you, Rob. Well, where, you, go ahead. It's even better than that. I was quite shy. I remember I had a speech class and I was so embarrassed. But different things happened that brought me out of my shell and turned me into a leader. Well, I was named the, the a drum major. So I had to, I was leadership for 150 band members, color guard. And you got made fun of back in the 70s for being the drum major, even though I could do backflips and everything else. I'd take them on the wrestling mat and pin them and show them I wasn't a wimp. But so, yeah, the stuff I went through, but it was all to develop me for today, I guess. Like you're 77. I'm not there yet, but there's a lot for us to do yet, isn't there? There mm-hmm. is. And and I applaud you for sharing with us how you and your, you bought a camp, you and your wife, and you <laughs> did videos and you did humanitarian missions. There is a quote from the movie Shawshank Redemption that Red says to, who's the other character? Um, uh, the other character. Anyway, they said to each other, get busy living or get busy dying. There you go. Right? I and love that. Yes, and that's appropriate. They were sitting on a rock. I think they just gotten a broken out of prison, and they're talking to each other. And one said, "Get busy living," and the other says, "Or get busy dying." They both said the same exact thing, and yeah. and it, it resonates. So there you are. Bravo to you. That's yeah. People say, "Well, eighteen. We don't know." Anne and Rick and I. We don't know. And you, Ron. How much time do we have? What are we going to do with it? What is the value of time to us? How creative do we want to be? Well, I'm happy getting up in the morning and walking without bumping into anything and doing my Monday night radio show. You have no idea how much joy this show gives me every Monday. This is like rocket fuel to me, like you can't tell. Seriously, no matter how the weekend went, I get together with, with people like you and to anybody on on Facebook or anybody listening for the first time on Voice America Empowerment, I don't pick my guests because they have similar things to say. I did not know what Rick was going to say. I hadn't even met Rick. He came to me through his PR agent, Liz Kelly. And I met for two and a half minutes at this publicity summit a couple months ago. And same thing for Rod. I didn't pick you because you had something to, oh, we're all, we're all bored. We all want to be, cre- <laughs> I, I picked you because the date was open and you said, yes, I'm available. So I'm basically not creative about picking my guests, but there's a magic that happens every Monday when people who want to talk about creativity come to join with me to talk about it. And I'm never, I never stop being surprised at how exciting the show is for me and hopefully for our viewers and listeners in the revelations and the things that you all share just because you're here. This isn't rehearsed. This isn't scripted. It's not a webinar. It's not a presentation. I didn't pay you. You didn't pay me. We're just here talking about something that we're passionate about. And I find that 
a beautiful thing, as corny as that might sound. Before I get even more carried away, let's go to the part of the show for the quotes. Now, anybody new who's listening or watching, I ask my guests, even on my business shows I do under a different name, I ask my guests for a quote from a fictional character in a movie or TV show or a song lyric that has nothing to do with the topic when I'm a business show. With this show, it doesn't really have anything to do with the word creativity, but they're going to explain how it expresses their feelings about creativity. And it's always a surprise to me what my guests pick. Rick Blyweiss, no surprise, has picked a line from one of my favorite songs that I still don't understand the lyrics and I read them before when I was researching your quote, Rick, and I still don't get what they're talking about. The song, The Doobie Brothers, Michael McDonald, Be Still My Heart. It was co-written by Kenny Loggins and Michael McDonald, but the famous version is The Doobies. It's on the album from 1978, Minute by Minute. Oh, that was a great song too. Be Still My Heart. And the song is What a Fool Believes. And here's the line Rick has selected. What a fool believes he sees. <gasps> Go ahead, Rick. What does this have to do with creativity? I'm, I'm, my heart's pounding because this brings, I love the song. I, I love the doobies. Who doesn't love Michael McDonald, right? Yes. Go ahead. I, talk to me. Well, I, I think that uh, to be creative, you have to be open. You have to be open to new thoughts, new ideas. You have to be open to new ways of thinking because if you're just locked into old paradigms, uh, then there isn't creativity. And to me, that line kind of sums up, you know, a, a, a fool, what they believe they see. They don't have the ability to look outside the box as you know, we were talking about that drawing outside the box, they don't have that ability because all they see is this narrow focus uh, of what their belief system is, and there's no room for anything else. And I personally don't think creativity can flourish in that kind of an environment. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. We could, I'm, forgive me, Rick, I'm going to take it the other way. What if somebody says there's a square? It's got a red line and it's got a pink flower inside and I see a frame with a pink flower. And a fool walks up to it and says, I see a universe in there with people I haven't met yet. Birds flying around in between the petals. It's not a frame. It's a tunnel into another world. What if the fool sees that and says, I see something completely different. Could we flip it around that way, Rick? We could, except I wouldn't call that person a fool by any stretch of the imagination. I think that is, I think that is the wrong use of the word fool. I think that is a creative person. I think that is a free thinker. And to me, that's the antithesis of a fool. Very interesting. I think it's it's the company you keep, but who says who says you're the one who's got the brains going and who's the one who's not? I'm I'm going to agree to disagree with you, but I know exactly what you're saying, and it's the the construct of what the word fool means. If you're on the inside, or if you're on the outside of the in group, you could be the fool, or you could be the smart one. But I like the idea of being able to. Anyway, we, we could go on for for hours with Rick. Thank you for. Thought-provoking is what I'm looking for, and you certainly delivered that one. And we'll talk about the meaning of the song at another time. I still don't get it. And Neymar has sent us a quote from a wonderful movie, Finding Nemo, 2003. Can you believe that was 19 years ago? And not even. I no. know. 2003 no. computer animated adventure film, and the character is Gil, voiced, voiced by Willem Dafoe. And Gil, the character, is a Moorish idol with scarring from... 
<laughs> Rod, are you ready for this? With scarring from landing on dental tools, dentist tools when he tried to escape. I'm sorry. It was produced by Pixar and released by Disney. What can I tell you? Great movie. Albert Brooks voices Ellen DeGeneres, Alexander Gould, Willem Dafoe, Jeffrey Rush. My goodness gracious. Here's the line Anne has picked. All drains lead to the ocean. Oh, my. Anne, talk to me. How'd you find this one? Go ahead. <laughs> I just kept listening and I was like, oh. That's the one. Well, it's, you know, partly what you just talked about. One of the fig, the characters, he got wounded by dr falling on dental tools. And the work I do with clients is around their pain and around the wounding and the trauma and stuff. But the, what, I, what we've all experienced, me and the clients, well, me too, personally, completely, is when you get into that part of yourself and you open it up and you actually get creative with the pain, whatever kind of pain it is, that it leads you to something much more expansive. And you could define ocean. People could define it in different ways. When my thought, I heard that was, well, it's, it's about spirit or it's about all. It's about creation. It's about who are you? As a, as, a, as a being, who are you as an individual? And so what we've found out is the pain leads you to yourself, leads you to, you become creative with it. And you, you move from a place of shutdown into a place of openness, hopefully, if we can help you, if you can release the, the fear of all that, and then you move into a place where you can feel more joy and you can be more creative. You can feel more free and you can be more creative. You can feel more peace. And then the creativity can wiggle in there. I like creativity wiggling in there. I think that's cool. I can feel it coming in right now. <laughs> I have a feeling, Rod, some of what you said, Anne, resonated with Rod uh, about not shutting down in the face of fear. I have a feeling, but Rod, I'm not going to put words in your mouth. Rod, anything you want to say about her quote before I read yours? I don't think I can improve on, improve on her reflection. She did yeah. great, Anne. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. And that was, that was, it was deep. That was, it was really good. Thank you. Nothing to add. <laughs> and Rod Kinnair, you have picked a line from a song recorded by, and it was written by Dirks Bentley. And the song was in 2003, What Was I Thinking? And I just want to give a little background here. He co-wrote it with his record producer, Brett Beavers, and Derek Rutan. The song is an up-tempo tune about escaping one night with Becky, a beauty from wait, South Alabama. There uh, you go, uh, in South uh, Alabama, while the narrator constantly questions, what was I thinking? He was mesmerized by Becky into sneaking out of her father's house. Her father shoot at their, shoots at their truck. He fights with the man with a born-to-kill tattoo. And here's the line. Yeah. I know what I was feeling, but what was I thinking? <laughs> Rod, I never would have expected this from you from the little I know. So, Rod, how did you find this quote? How often do you listen to Dirk Bentley? And what does this have to do with creativity? Go ahead. Well, two things is my kids in the night, we moved back from Illinois. We lived in five years outside of Chicago in 2002. And the small town in Michigan has a kind of a, a community fair every year. And they booked Dirk Bentley. From the time they booked him, that went to number one. All of a sudden, they got yeah. this guy with a number one country hit singing in this podunk town in Michigan. I wasn't into country. My kids were. 
but I, I back to my creativity. It's about a humor and what you can do with it. And with my kids, I have five married kids. So few of them went with their went with their feelings and not their heads sometimes. So a little of it was from a practical. But you know, as I as the years went by, and here's the other thing in Grand Rapids where I live, there is a big picture. Dirk Spentley is gonna be in Grand Rapids in a couple of weeks. I couldn't believe it when I saw his picture here. But uh yeah, I know what I was feeling. What was I thinking? When I became a dentist, most dentists are very um um, not relational. They're very meticulous and they're good at their trade. I am this weird combination. You talk about right brain, left brain, Rick. And I, I don't fit in with most of them. But when I, um, during my wife's sickness, I ended up working in other dental offices, not for myself. The majority of my career, I own my own practice. And creativity is stomped on. Just, just do what's on the agenda. And I, um, I, I think when I look at that feelings versus thinking, um, I, I'm an organized person, but I always have room for creativity. And some people, they're either one or the other. And I think to be both is when, and I'm, you most definitely are both when I look at your career, Rick. And I, and I think that's important. So I see that feelings, you got to have both. And I, you know, and I think as some of the people thought we were crazy, some of the things Beth and I did during her cancer, we want the feelings. We said, go for it. Everybody said, well, well, first of all, we were going to go on the mission trip to Romania. My oldest, youngest daughter was going to go for the first time. She's diagnosed in June. We're supposed to go in July all the way to Romania. And uh, the oncologist says, with her chemo is going to knock her immunities down. She might be able to fight infection. You can't go. Thought about it. We said, we're going. My wife did do something crazy in 2016. My mild-mannered wife, so she could live life. Can you imagine what she did that would allow her to go on that trip or to be in public? She wore a mask in public. (gasps) She was eight months after she passes, the world's wearing masks. Ahead of her ahead of her time (laughs) and she had infection. Wow. But back to creativity. Go with your feelings, you're gonna go with what you're thinking. And he did, you can't go. Well, you know what? She did not die of an infection. She lived life to the fullest for three and a half years. And that's why it's when you say it's a downer book. It's about any people go through minor, <clears throat> minor squalls in their life and they still hold up, quit living. And, and I, this book is to help anybody realize you can be living. There's opportunities in the storms and people will look at COVID. I started writing it during COVID. Everybody was hunkering down, isolating and saying what? I can't wait to get back to normal. Sometimes in the storms, you learn a new normal. New normal. That's right. Yeah. And that's when, when better COVID started, yep. I converted all that's my creativity. Radio- I converted yep. all my radio shows from phoners to yep. Zoom in yep. 2019, yep. early 2020, because yep. I said, I want to be able to see people. I've been yep. listening yep. for 20 years on the radio. I want to be able to see everybody. I never went back, but I want to do a, a tribute to Beth. Here's, here's to Beth. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. I would have loved to have known her. She, uh, I tell I people she was almost perfect, and she was. She was just this gracious, kind person. Everybody loved her. Well, not like she batted 100%. There wasn't, you know, some that liked her and some that didn't. <laughs> she, was, she was one of those people. I'm going to change the to- tempo a little bit here, and yeah, I'm going to go. Let's get a little just, more fun No, now. that's okay. Well, we're, we are having fun, and Beth would have appreciated all the things you said about her. Now, uh, mm. if you all remember in the movie MASH, 
She passed away recently, but Sally Kellerman played Hot Lips Houlihan. Does everybody remember? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And she wrote a memoir in 2013, and the name of her memoir was the name of my radio show. Who knew? Read My Lips, Story of a Hollywood Life. The late MASH film actress Sally Hotlips Houlihan Kellerman described wanting to be a performer from as a skinny little kid growing up in Granada Hills in the San Fernando Valley. And she commented in the book, I must have come out of the womb singing and acting. (laughs) I saw that clip somewhere online and I put it into my show notes. I said, we have have to have that because that's just a trip. Anybody, everybody remembers her and she was something else. So let's go to some famous birthdays, speaking of of people. Um, I have some very interesting birthday people here. You may or may not have heard of all of them. I think the ones I picked you have all except one. Let me go through them quickly. If you have anything to say about the person other than happy birthday, just yell out, okay? Dame Joan Collins, actress, mm. author, columnist, 1983. She had the Hollywood Walk of Fame star. She's only been married five times, and her latest husband is 30 years younger, and she owns so many homes in so many places, L.A., New York City, and France, and she calls herself she living the life of a gypsy. She was called the most beautiful woman in the world and the world's sexiest woman and England's most beautiful girl. Those were things that were said about her. So five husbands, what can I tell you? And anybody can guess how old she is today? Did I say it? No, you didn't. Take a guess. 80. That's what I was going to guess. Well, 85. 85. 90? 90. 89. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Happy, happy birthday, Joan Collins. Linda Thompson, I don't know if you remember her. She was the honey on Hee Haw. Former actress, beauty pet, she's 72. Drew Carey, who doesn't love Drew Carey? I'm trying to get used to his new look on The Price is Right. I don't even recognize him anymore. (laughs) I loved him when he had his own show. I thought he was great. He's 64. Anybody remember? Rick, you may remember a songwriter, singer named Jewel. Oh, yeah. Jewel is 48 today. Okay. Ken A (laughs) babe. No kidding. No kidding. You may not think so, but she could have been she could have been my baby. What can I tell you? Let's leave it there on the table, kids. Ken Jennings. Ken Jennings. He won 74 consecutive games on Jeopardy. Jeopardy. 2.5 million dollars and a show that doesn't pay a lot. That's a lot of cash to rack up. And he's now currently the Guest host alongside of uh, Blossom, you know, and yes, so they're taking turns. They just can't seem to find somebody to replace Alex Trebek. He was a tough act to follow, certainly the one and only Alex Trebek. Matt Lintz is 25. The only reason I put him in here is because I recognized him right away. Anybody watch Bosch with Titus Welliver, the uh, police de- the detective show? It's a procedural, fascinating. I think it's on Prime. It just entered its fourth or fifth season called Bosch, B-O-S-C-H, like Hieronymus Bosch. He's named yeah. after Hieronymus. Har- they call him Harry. And his daughter, Madis- Maddie, is played by the actress Madison Lintz. Will her little brother... Matt is 21 today. So and I saw the face. I said, I know that kid. And he looks just like his sister. Five actors in the family, and they're the children of an actress. In memoriam, Rosemary Clooney was born today in 1928. Rosie Clooney, remember, come on to my house, my house, come on. And she did Mambo Italiano and Hey There and This Old House. She also had success as a jazz vocalist. And I have a couple of other actors and other people you might recognize. Barbara Barry, the actress is 91. Mm-hmm. Charles Kimbrough from Mur- Murphy Brown, 86. Lauren Chapin. 
father knows best. Remember Lauren Chapin? Yeah. Wasn't she one of the daughters? She's 77 today. Mitch Album wrote some, uh, was it Tuesdays with Maury? 64. Yeah. I have to mention drummers because I'm a drummer too. Drummer Phil Selway of Radiohead is 55. Hello, Phil Selway. And drummer Matt Flynn of Maroon 5 is 52. Happy birthday to both of you. And I don't know if anybody saw The L Word. It's an interesting TV show. I stopped watching it a year ago, but actor Lauren Holloman is on the L Word, and she's 54. Now, I have a couple of YouTube stars, and then we're going to get a little more into your, oh, we have to do the holidays. YouTube stars. So there's uh, somebody named Little Kelly. It's a woman. She's 27. You ready for this, everyone? She has only 3.3 million followers. Her channel is kid-friendly. It includes series like Minecraft School and Crazy Craft. She's a gamer, a Minecraft mm -hmm. gaming phenomenon, 3.3 million Rick, I don't know what we're doing wrong, but I never had 3.3 .3 million. I never hoped to. Then we have a, a young lady, a man named Coombs, K-O-O-M-Z, who's 23. He's a YouTube, YouTube personality turned musician, Amar Coombs. He posts his original music, and he had a song called Mariah that went over 10 million views. And he started out with prank videos and social commentary. Who knew? Then we have a, a gentleman named... Scotty, who's a gaming phenomenon, he features, I don't know, a Grand Theft Auto 5 games. He only had a million subscribers. Oh, poor Scotty. But he goes by the name 407. And let me spell it for you if you want to see creativity, right? Listen to this. Capital F, small O-U-R, small Z-E-R, the, the number zero and the word seven lowercase. So it's F-O-U-R-Z-E-R, zero, S-E-V-E-N, one word. <laughs> That's how you do a name. So, Rod, we got to work on names, you and I. I'm, well, I'm Radio Red. I'll tell you why I picked the AKA. You'll figure that out, maybe. We have TikTok stars, Curvodolo, Curvodolo, 20. He's a creator of Curvo.dolo on TikTok. He does comedy videos. He only has 3 million followers. Do you know what 3 million followers is? Serious? I'm happy to have 5,000 on LinkedIn, where I, you know, as a business person, 5,000 to me is a lot. 3 million? Get out of here. And then we have a girl, a woman named Soup. S-O-U-P, soup. She's happy birthday, 25 today. She does lip sync performances, okay? Oh, cool. Her first video was set to a sound about not having any socks, and yes. she only has 2.6 million followers. So, Rick, the world of entertainment has changed, my friend. Oh, it has. It totally. cer certainly <laughs> has, yes. If you can do playing games and lip syncing and doing silly videos and you can get millions... Either everybody is really bored or they think you're really, really cool or a combination of both. Sorry. And that was all meant to be complimentary. I never put anybody down. Now, let's go to national holidays. Today is Lucky Penny Day. If you see a lucky penny, and what do you do with it on the, on the street? Heads up, heads down. Do you pick it up? Do you give it to somebody? You leave it. Oh, I found two the other day on my walk at the river. I picked them both up and I have them. Were they heads up or heads down? Tails up. Good. I think they were heads up, actually. Okay, Rick, what would you do if you found a penny? I'd pick it up, and it wouldn't matter to me whether it was heads up or heads down, because I don't even know what the uh, the meaning is of the difference. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's lucky if it's heads up. Rod, what oh, would you do with a penny? Pick it up, put it in my pocket. If a grandkid was nearby, hand it to him, or I saw a kid, I'd give it to him, but <laughs> I only pick up the ones that are facing heads up. I'm sorry. Okay, I, don't know why, I don't know why. I, I need all the luck I can get. It's National Taffy Day. Anybody remember saltwater taffy? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, it's taffy oh, day. Yeah. I don't know whether saltwater in it. It's World Turtle Day. Does anybody have a, ever have a pet turtle? Oh, really? yeah. We have oh, a yeah. turtle. 
get out this this big and it went to this big i just asked to be silly i didn't expect anybody (laughs) actually uh, back in the uh i guess the 50s uh, they were selling painted back turtles. I, I used to go down to Florida and they used to have them there all the time. I had a number of them. They still really? banned it ever since. Did you name your turtle, Rick? I, I actually had three of them and uh, I did. I named them Snap, Crackle and Pop. <laughs> I, I had to ask, didn't I? Ann, did you name your turtle, Ann? Well, it was my son's turtle and I don't remember if he named it or not, but when it got big and he was he got bored with it you know his creativity needed to change <laughs> we had to give it to a, a turtle retirement home oh turtle retirement not the glue farm rod did you have a turtle too i didn't maybe my kids for a short time but none not long enough to grow big no. i don't think, I think mine just short time yeah. short time now let's go on tuesday tomorrow may 24th it's national endless breakfast day i don't know what probably in a diner maybe they're serving all day it's asparagus day it's escargot day if you like mm-hmm. snails it's scavenger hunt day and if you want to celebrate birthdays it's robert allen zimmerman born in 1941 may 24th that's bob dylan who certainly oh. has a creative career look at what he's done look at the pulitzer prize look at the songs he's written look at the albums he's recorded look at the voices he's used look at how he looks and sounds talk about what what a brilliant not fool believes walking up to a mic grab it and saying i'm going to talk and sing the way i want and i'm going to look the way i want and the hell with all of you everybody said we love you seriously that was a shocker to a lot of people, probably. And the longevity, my goodness. Happy birthday, Bob Dylan. Wednesday is National Wine Day. Anybody have a favorite style of wine? Am I allowed to say style, flavor, vintage? Rick, what do you like? Pinot Noir. Okay. Classy. Rod, wine? Mm, Sauvignon Blanc. Okay. Pinot Noir. Yeah. And what about you? No, I can't do it. it. It affects my brain, like, too much, too quick. I'm I'm noticing that. I was having what my daughter calls an eye open. Everybody's heard of Bailey's, right? Bailey's Irish yeah. Cream. Well, yeah. there's there's a half as expensive version called Carolan, C-A-R-O-L-A-N apostrophe S, half the price in my local liquor store. ABC Liquor said, you want, because I, w- I was buying it over Christmas and I was enjoying the Bailey's with friends and, you know, you'd pour one and you'll ice a little anyway. And so he said, why don't you try the Carolan? Well, I liked it even better. It tastes a little butterscotchy, but the same flavor. And I was every morning just a little, let's just, my daughter, who's the doctor, said, Mom, that's called an eye opener. Well, after a <laughs> while, I found out I'm, I'm not a drinker. I don't drink much of anything. I like a Chardonnay once in a while, but maybe once a year, a little glass, and I'm out cold after I have a glass. Anyway, I, I had to stop because that little tiny bit, we're talking a swig, we're talking a teaspoon, was making me dizzy all morning. I had to give I it totally up. I totally get it. I get it. I, I, I know totally you get it. do. I know. And I love and I have a little bit of a bottle. And you can come over and we can stagger around and drink it. You're welcome to come. Okay. Thank you. It's, I it's will. also in addition to wine day. Well, this will be for the people who are left standing. It's tap dance day tomorrow. Anybody tap dance? I used to a little bit. Did you? I love it. It's so fun. I love it. That. Is. I'm a I'm a former uh, dance teacher, uh, disco and ballroom and Latin. And I had oh, hundreds so... of students. I used to oh, teach my... disco line dances at a senior center oh. in Eugene, Oregon. Oh and my we, gosh. We went to a local disco way back in the late seventies. I was the disco queen of Eugene for a while. I had a, I had a gay dance partner. I can say that. And he was an Arthur Murray instructor and we put together a routine and we came in third in the disco Hawaii contest. And we danced to Donna Summer's MacArthur Park Suite. And oh. we, 
sewed our own costumes. His mom did his. We bought blue hammered silk. I had a silk top with little ties at the top and a 360 degree black satin skirt. I was 97 pounds. I could wear anything. Skirt opened all the way up, high heels, black stockings. And he lifted me up, spun me around, dropped me to the ground, all done to MacArthur Park Suite. And we came in third. And the reason we didn't come in second or first was because the woman who came in first owned her own dance studio. We didn't know that. She was a pro, but we were happy to come in third. Anyway, here we go. So tap dance, I never tap dance. And I taught disco for 200, I taught line dances to, uh, get this, on top of a Formica top table in a high school cafeteria, 10 miles out of Eugene, because my dance partner booked me as his assistant. He got paid $5 an hour. I got paid $2.75 an hour. I got there. We were in a cafeteria. 250 people showed up. And I went to the people who were running this, and I said, I need a wooden stage. I cannot dance in high heels on a Formica table. We're going to have a bad accident. And I said, and why are you paying me $2.75 when he's getting five? And they said, lady, if you want to get paid five, you got to start your own class and you got to apply for it and you got to be the lead. You can't be the assistant. I said, are you? Ten weeks I had to do this class in front of 250 people. But they finally gave me a wooden stage to dance on. Hello, equal mm-hmm. rights. What can I tell you? Anyway, mm-hmm. it's also Brown Bag of Day on Wednesday. Thursday is Blueberry Cheesecake Day. It's Paper Airplane Day. And does anybody, you, you know what origami is, right? Yeah. The Japanese artist. Well, the word for paper airplanes is aerogami, A-E-R-O-G-A-M-I. I think that's a joke, but I found it. And it's Lindy Hop Day, and I used to love doing the Lindy. And the West Coast Swing, the East Coast Swing, very, very interesting. One of my favorites. Uh, Friday, National Hairstylist Mental Health Awareness Day. Are you aware of all the mental health that goes into being my hairdresser? Who has to do this? <laughs> <laughs> Thought you'd get that. Rick, you want to take off your hat and we see what you got under? No, you don't have to. That's fine. I want to know about your hairstylist. It's it's road trip day. It's great popsicle day. And it's cellophane tape day. Can anybody imagine we have a holiday named after cellophane tape? Rod, does that even make sense to you? You're holding things together with Scott? I know, I know. (laughs) Saturday is brisket day and hamburger day. That's it. And Sunday is put a pillow on your fridge day. Has anybody ever heard of that? Never. It goes back to the early 1900s when families tore off a piece of cloth or a piece of linen and put it in their larders. And they thought from a blanket or a nightgown, they thought it would bring the family good luck. So now you just put a pillow on top of your fridge or inside the fridge. It's also National Paper Clip Day. It's Learn About Composting Day. And it's Coco Van Day. Anybody uh-huh. eat Coco Van? Rick I likes like that? Van. Yes. And the literal translation of that is rooster in wine. I thought that was interesting. We're almost out of time. And Monday, of course, is U.S. Memorial Day. It's Creativity Day on Monday. It's Mint Julep Day. 120,000 mint juleps are sold Derby weekend at the Kentucky Derby bourbon, sugar, mint, and ice, and it's water a flower day. Let me quickly read one statement from each of you, and then we're going to wrap up here, having too much fun. Um, let's see, Rick Blyweiss, I'm saying, say, okay, um, creativity is using your imagination to create something unique. Give me one unique thing that you did, and then we're going to move on to somebody else, but I want to do quickly. What's something unique that you created? Uh, I created a electronic billboard in Times Square that People could put through me uh, anything they wanted on. They could wish somebody happy birthday. They could wish their wife or husband happy anniversary. It was called Your Name and Lights on Broadway. 
And I founded and ran that company for a while. I never expected that from you. Thank you very much. Very interesting. And I'm picking up number, let's see here. Um, I like this one. Statement number two. It's about trusting what you feel, see here as good and as good and you and valuable. So, Anne, 30 seconds. Go ahead. What does this mean? Well, to me right now, it's it's about meditation. I've led meditations for many years and um, I just go with the flow. And it's, it's, I tune into everything and it's an inner, it's an inner experience. And I just talk about it. Like, what am I feeling? And usually the meditations we're doing have to do with nature a lot, nature and creation and everything that is, is. And so I'm feeling, I'm feeling this, I'm seeing this, I'm hearing this, I'm sensing this. And I just talk about my experience and people go into a, a very deep meditative state because of that. Because And they have their own experience, but I'm just kind of following the thread of whatever is the flow. I'm just Thank going you. with the flow. I love it. And when I paint in acrylic paint pouring, things appear on my paintings, Anne, that I didn't put there. There were elephants walking mm. across the forest. There are people dancing on a stage. There were things happening that I never put there that just appear. And I see them and other people see them too. And last but not least, Rod, quickly here, creativity is not a trait. It is a lifestyle. Rod, quickly. Got 30, oh, 60 seconds. Go. Well, yeah, I'll take that. And I'm going to marry it into another one. Uh, yep. Uh, that don't quit your daydream. We were in Epcot when I was getting certified in Orlando John Maxwell team and we're massive people and this girl has it on her t-shirt and I'm just trying to run her down. And I actually, I, I have it hanging on the wall. I had a painting done. I think people think daydreams are just waste of time when you should be working. I think sometimes a daydream is exactly what you should be doing when you're doing what you weren't meant to do. And I just, and I have lived that out. I, I, like I said, just relationally, my, my creativity is just back to stirring things up. Why I stir things up, sometimes people find their purpose when they just open up. I mean, they're struggling and I get, I don't, I just naturally can do that in whatever environment I'm in. I mean, it's, you're having fun and yet someone later will say, man, I never thought of that. Because we were just joking around about it. So to me, creativity is is making a difference. And I do it with humor and I do it with connecting. Thank you very much. Thank you to the three of you. I have. I hope you'll stick around for a few minutes after we're off the air. Sure I have enough. to do some closing. We've got about two minutes here. But I want to say thank you to all three of you. Uh, quickly give a website where people can find you. Rick, where do you want people to go? Uh, it would be my my website, Rick Bleiweiss. That's R I C K B L E I W E I S S dot com. Thank you, uh, Anne. Where do you want people to go? Well, it's almost up. My son's working on it. Annamark dot com. A n n n a i m a r k dot com. Rod Canair, where do you want people well, to go? In my case, I've been trying to track down the publisher rep for about a month, and I'm finding out he was sick. I mean, there's something major. We're talking tomorrow. So my website's not quite up. So uh, my my uh, email, R, my last name, 7, at Gmail. And I'm R- open to R-K-N-O-E-R-R-7 at Gmail. Thank you very much. And Thank you. And I want to say thank you to Josh, our engineer. And let me do my closing. This is a little fun. Life is short. Break the rules. Forgive quickly. Right, everyone? Kiss slowly. 
Trust me, it's the only way to kiss. Love truly, laugh uncontrollably. Everybody laugh with me. (laughs) It works. And never regret anything that made you smile. And here's the final closing. Work like you don't need the money because even if you do, nobody really wants to hear about it. Get the job done. Do it. Find a way to get through it. Be creative. Dance like no one's watching. But when I was dancing, everybody was watching. Sing like nobody's listening. I tried not to sing on the show. I think I succeeded. Love like you've (laughs) never been hurt because darn, we all have. Get over it. Let your heart open up again and learn to love again because love is out there. Money talks, chocolate sings. And last but not least, and I stole this line from somebody else. Thank you for turning me on. Radio Red saying over and out. Rick Blyweiss and Neymark, Rod Kinnear. Such a pleasure. Don't go away. I want to talk afterwards. Are we out, Josh? Thanks again for tuning in to Read My Lips Radio, presented by the Voice America Variety Channel. Tweet your questions and comments to at Radio Red 777. Join host, a.k.a. Radio Red, again next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a positively cool, creative week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel.